Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one sports podcast on the entire planet. I'm your host, Drake Tharp. Welcome back to another episode. Um, I believe we're at, is it 27 or 28? I can't remember. Um, So we have just concluded another college basketball season. It was a great one. Bill Self gets another national title since 2008, as much as it pains me to see after Kentucky completely walloped them in the middle of the season. Uh, North Carolina making a big run under Hubert Davis. Um, but the main the main story heading into March Madness and basically the entire season was Coach K. Coach Mike Krzyzewski, big man, you know, the quite possibly greatest head coach of all time, which isn't true, but some have said it. Um, coach K was the entire climax of the college basketball season. He was retiring. It was his last one out. We've seen him. Uh, coaching Team USA, coaching Duke his entire, you know, tenure. Um, A lot of people wanted to see a kind of movie ending with Coach K riding off into the sunset as a winner. And as much as that would have been great, as much as that would have been, you know, a great cover for magazines, great article on ESPN, all that jazz, it would have been amazing for everybody to see. Coach K's loss against North Carolina in the Final Four was actually better then I believe them winning the whole thing, and the only harm to it was Coach K's legacy. But to have him lose to an up-and-coming coach who just took over for Roy Williams, uh, I believe it was good for basketball. And it and wasn't to Roy Williams, a longtime rival, as North Carolina and Duke have been longtime rivals since uh, you know the start of you know creation, since creation basically. Um, Duke, you know they basically made all the way to the Final Four. There wasn't a lot of confidence in them the entire season to win the title. Uh, they've kind of been up and down, some of their star players, uh, up and down season all year. But Coach K's loss, let me tell you why it was better for the sport in general. The only thing that's hurt right now is his legacy and Duke fans' pride. Um, the better thing is, um, was that the, the main premise of it is the passing of the torch complex. You know, I'm a big pro wrestling fan, and when you have kind of an older wrestler, uh, you know, heading into a you know career-ending match, one one last match to ride off in the, into the sunset, they mostly have an opponent who is young and worthy of that passing of the torch. If we remember, you know, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Ric Flair took the sweet chin music. Last match ever, passing of the torch to Shawn Michaels, even though Michaels was also older. But it's a it's a passing of the torch complex. This this notoriety of of younger coaches will be needed here in the future, so our kids one day can have their Mike Krzyzewski's to look up to. It's it's better for the sport, in my opinion. It's a passing of the torch complex. We need new legends. Um, we've we've seen it, and you know we don't see it a lot in sports. A lot of people like to you know put these coaches on a pedestal and hope they never lose and one more title to ride off into the sunset a riding off into the sunset kind of ending isn't always good in sports it's 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 very movie-ish-esque i i'm not a fan of it i love what happened in the final four i love that north carolina coach k's longtime rival took him down and especially that it was a younger coach it's a passing of the torch complex and these younger coaches making a name for themselves it's great um you know Hubert Davis, hats off to him, hats off to that whole North Carolina squad. Um, You know, he did something that Roy Williams, you know, didn't do with the team prior the year before. So it's good to see, you know, 
Coach K's loss, but you know, his legacy, it's not tarnished in any sense. He didn't win the title in his last year, but he's done so much throughout his whole career. So, you know, I think it's good for basketball. I think it's good for the sport. New coaches making a name for themselves. Uh, congrats to Kansas. It was a hell of a college basketball season, even though it makes me depressed thinking about it. And I didn't even watch any March Madness games after Kentucky lost. But anyway, I just had that thought in. Um, a lot of people, oh, right off into the sunset, Coach K. No, I, I like this ending a lot more for him. He goes down to his longtime rival, says, here, take the torch, Hubert. And to the younger coach, he takes it and runs with it. It's great. It's great. I like it a lot. Anyway, that was my college basketball for the day. Next, we're going to jump into the NFL. I'm going to give, you know, we had a big offseason, probably the biggest I've ever seen. Most, a lot of these moves were crazy. We had, you know, a lot of signings, a lot of unretirements, just one unretirement actually being Tom Brady. But here are my top five best moves of the NFL offseason. Um, you know, I think these are ranked in order of impact for the team, and I think this is, you know, how it's going to affect them a lot. So, like, number five would be it'll affect them a little bit. Number one, it's going to change the whole premise. Here we go. Number five, I got Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. Now, a, a receiver signing, a receiver sign-and-trade type deal isn't always a huge culture changer. Having a new receiver on the team is great. Uh, but with Tyreek Hill, I, I, you know, I was thinking of not even having him at number five just because it's a receiver. They don't change the entire game completely, but he does. With his speed and athleticism and having Jalen Waddle on the other side, this offense can thrive. So I got them at number. I got Tyreek Hill at number five here uh, to the Dolphins. Let's see if two attack of Iloa can have you know a season of his life. It's kind of make or break for them. I got Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins at number five. Number four is kind of a combo. I got J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack to the Chargers. Now, um, I couldn't I couldn't choose between the two. They were both amazing signings. We got they got pass rushing and now a lot more help in the secondary. The Chargers need it. They've been in a few shootouts here in the regular season last year. Now they have some pass rush help, some coverage help. This is these two signings will be culture changers for you know the Chargers. They're mainly just an offensive firepower. Now that they got J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack. They can put defensive pressure on teams as well. This is big for them. Number three, Devontae Adams to the Raiders. In last podcast, I stated this already. This is going to open up so much receiving you know, talent from other people, like Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. There's two guys now in the field that uh, coverages have to double on the Raiders, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller. This is going to open up the passing game a lot more, along with, along with the run game with Josh Jacobs. So Devontae Adams to the Raiders, like I said, receivers not always a huge signing but when with the talent of Devontae Adams this one is huge and also as it opens up other targets for the Raiders uh number two Deshaun Watson to the Browns obviously this was huge this is a culture changer this is an offensive scheme changer Deshaun Watson a, a vertical zone run scheme quarterback which they needed because they are a, they need to be a run heavy team and Deshaun Watson needed talent around him to succeed he did it with Houston, with with talent, with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, made, it, made it all the way to the divisional round of the playoffs. Now he nearly has that same level of talent here, here with the Browns. So we'll see how they do. 
but this is huge for the Browns. Baker couldn't do it. I don't think he was a scheme fit. I think with the Browns, though, Deshaun Watson can thrive. And number one, obviously, Russell Wilson. They had the receiving core. They had the running back. They have the defense. All they needed was a quarterback. They have all the pieces everywhere, and now they got their guy, Russell Wilson, former Super Bowl champion. You know, he wants to play for 10 more years, so he's in it for the long haul. Um, yeah, I like Russell Wilson to the Broncos here at number one. This was the most impactful signing of the season, of the offseason at least. Uh, this whole division is going to go crazy. And the Broncos, Raiders, I think, you know, people are always saying the Chargers and Chiefs are the most firepowered offenses in that division. But now I, I think they're all equal at this point. Number one, Russell Wilson to the Broncos, most impactful signing of the offseason. Anyway, enough talk with the guys in the league. I'm going to take a look at the NFL draft. Another list here, my top NFL draft big board. If your team sucks, these are guys that you'd want them to look at, all right? This is my big board. So basically, these guys might not get drafted early, but in my opinion, based on talent, these are the best five guys in the draft. Um, you know, teams will draft based off needs, not necessarily talent, but um, if your team basically needs anything, these five guys will help you out. Number five, I got Iki Aquanu. Uh, tackle from NC State. He's mostly a run-blocking tackle, and you know that's more you know complex than pass blocking. So if he if he's a very good run blocker, you got to think this guy's automatically a good pass blocker. A lot of you know these tackles coming out of the draft are primarily pass blockers, like Charles Cross, Evan Neal. Um, I'm not real high on those guys as I am Akeem Aquano. This guy is a lot more agile, a lot more versatile. You can put him anywhere. Iki Aquano. Very solid run blocker. Best tackle in the draft, in my opinion. Um, got the offensive line covered there. Number four, Kayvon Thibodeau. This guy's an absolute athletic freak on the edge rushing side of the ball. Um, you know, he didn't have a crazy combine, crazy pro day, but the guy has shown, you know, raw talent, anything you could want in an edge rusher. A lot of Jadavion Clowney-esque um, pass rushing style that we saw with him coming out of the draft. Um, I think this guy compares a lot to him. And I think he'll succeed very well. Number three, Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Um, you know, giving up one, not one touchdown in your entire career in man coverage at Cincinnati is an absolute incredible stat. Uh, this guy shows just basic talent, and stats don't lie. A lot of people like to put Derek Stingley ahead of this guy, but Stingley, you know, spent most of his last season injured. Sauce Gardner played the entire year. And his stats don't lie. He hasn't given up one touchdown. He's an athletic freak as well. Uh, he's very good size, about 6'2". I like Sauce Gardner here at number three. Number two, Kyle Hamilton, an absolute freak at the safety. A lot of these safeties fall in the draft, but they're very impactful when they step on the defensive end, like Jamal Adams, uh, Derwin James. Those guys are a few guys that have fallen in the draft, but they've made very impactful um, help to the defensive side. Kyle Hamilton's one of those safeties that can do it all. He's an athletic freak, about 6'3", plays as, you know, he's as tall as most receivers. He can cover. He's a hit stick. He's everything you want in a safety. I think he'll go very early in the draft. I hope he does. He has all the talent for it. And number one, Aiden Hutchinson. I think this one's a no-brainer. He was one of the only defensive player on the Heisman Trophy voting list. Um, an absolute animal. Reminds me of a lot of the Watt brothers. He is the best edge rusher in the draft, just based off pure strength and talent. 
Uh, Thibodeau's up there for sure. It's a close second, um, but Hutchinson is by far the best draft prospect in this draft. So I think he'll go number one. We're still seeing, you know, changes in mock drafts every day. Uh, reminder, I will be having an NFL mock draft special here upcoming right before the draft uh, to give, you know, insight on team needs, all that jazz. So stay tuned for that. That is my top five big board. Uh, Aquanu, Kayvon Thibodeau, Sauce Gardner, Kyle Hamilton, Aiden Hutchinson. Those are my five best players in the draft. So speaking of the draft, the Saints and Eagles have made a trade for um, picks. It was just a big pick trade. Um, Saints received a first-round pick, and now they have two first-round picks this year in the draft. And the Eagles also got um, the Saints' first-round pick. It's a lot of messing around here. Uh, The Eagles also got next year's first-round pick. So now the Eagles have two first-round picks in this year's draft, and they have one two first-round picks next year's. The Saints have two first-round picks in this year's draft. And now this can only make me think there there's no reason for the Saints to try their hardest to get, you know, a plethora of picks here other than trading up for a quarterback. Uh, it looks in, On the Eagles' side, it looks like a long-term rebuild for the Eagles. Uh, they're sticking with Jalen Hurts. They're going to rebuild and try and get as much picks as they can right now. But the Saints... You know, they only signed Jameis to a two, two-year two deal. It wasn't a ton of cash. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, you got to think they want to get ahead of Carolina if they want to get a quarterback because Carolina, they're keeping an eye on the quarterbacks. So, yeah, Saints fans, do not be surprised if your team trades up here for a top-five pick to select a quarterback. Now, this isn't the most quarterback-heavy class. A lot of teams aren't in love with these quarterbacks, but... Um, there's a few good ones out there. So it's kind of hit or miss right now, but if the Saints are in love with one of them, it looks like they're going to trade up here upcoming. So stay tuned. It's a prediction of mine. So I think they'll trade up here into the top five for a quarterback. Um, Main event of the show, NBA, of course. It's about that time for NBA playoffs, essentially. And uh, the Lakers, they they are not going to be in the playoffs, it looks like. Um, You know... It's basically a retirement home all season. It was a chaotic season for Lakers, for the Lakers and Laker fans. Um, you might, you guys might be losing LeBron. Let's just cut the crap here right now. LeBron might be off to Cleveland, and I'm going to tell you a few reasons why. Here's why LeBron going back to Cleveland would be the best move for him in his career. Listen, first of all, Cleveland has a promising you know future ahead of them. They have a lot of young talent they have draft capital they have everything they have guys like Isaac Okoro Evan Mobley Darius Gardner they have lots of talent over there and what better guy to come in and you know take them under their wing than LeBron LeBron did it with Kyrie gave Kyrie a championship essentially and now this team seems to have a lot of all-around talent than they did two years ago when they were completely struggling Another reason is it's home to LeBron I mean it's home will always call back to him It'll, it'll call back to anybody that's where he started his career, and that's where he might end it. So I, I, that might be a thought in mind for sure. It's a, it's a lot more promising than L.A. right now. Speaking of L.A., they have zero draft capital and wouldn't make any progressive moves to make the team better in the offseason. Nobody wants Westbrook. They're not going to trade A.D. All their players are over 30. They have guys like Austin Reeves, who was an undrafted free agent in their starting lineup. They have no draft capital at all they're young talent there's nothing there's nothing promising there and getting rid of LeBron would you know 
just get the rebuild started before, you know, it needs to be right now that the rebuild needs to start. That's all I'm saying. Um, it needs to happen quicker rather than later. Let's just say that. And right now, let's be real here. Los Angeles is not a free agency hotspot anymore. The only person bringing in free agents to the Lakers was LeBron. And before that, it was, you know, rebuild season for them. They built their core kind of with Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. It was all drafted players. Um, and free agents weren't coming in and out of Los Angeles. So they're not a free agency hotspot anymore, uh, especially after this season. And, you know, it's a cancerous environment. They, they've they shown that they can't win together, um, even if Westbrook is still there next year. Um you know, they don't have the guy that they need to lean on because both of them are ball dominant. Westbrook and LeBron, the guy's bringing the ball up. So LeBron going back to Cleveland, I think, in my opinion, would be the best move for him. You start your career there. You finish it off there. It's a lot more promising. They have draft capital. Lakers have zero chance to get younger, to get better. They are mostly relying on free agents, which isn't the way to go. That's not how you rebuild. Look at the Suns. Look at the Grizzlies. Those teams have built it from the ground up, drafted well, signed a few role players in free agency. The Lakers are riding or dying on free agency at this point. And Cleveland's got it all. And they could use a guy like LeBron and in his last few years of his career and maybe bring his son in because LeBron has said wherever his son is, that's where he is. So, yeah, that's basically my premise on why LeBron going to Cleveland would be the best move. And I don't, I truly think it might happen here after this season or in the upcoming future. We'll have to see with everything. Um, but yeah, don't be surprised. Anyway, that was another episode of Drake's Corner. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're on Spotify, um, more news coming up here um, involving a website of mine built by other people, which I'm lucky to have. Um, you know, and yeah i didn't do any april fool's pranks on you guys like quitting the channel or anything um i'm mostly a jokester so i'm surprised i didn't do that so um thank you guys so much for watching and i will see you guys next wednesday possibly if i don't drop a video before then so i'll see you guys later peace